Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbook Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the publisher of lesser-known comics, Mark Renau, here to promote the third issue of the graphic novel series, Digital Lizard of Doom, Dana Deathly, launching soon on Kickstarter. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for joining me and reaching out to me uh, on Instagram, which anyone listening, you can, they're open. You can reach out to me if you want to interview. <laughs> but uh, outside of my introduction, who is Mark Bernal and what are you about? Uh, so I started Lesser Known Comics um, about, uh, about a year ago, uh, a little bit more than a year ago. And it started with just me working on my own book, uh, worked on, um, started working with three artists and fell in love with all three of them. So I said, okay, well, maybe we can and this, uh, this story, uh, you know, three different story arcs. And um, when we started posting on social media, those artists kind of served as a lightning rod to other illustrators, and creators who reached out and said, hey, you know, can I publish my book with you? And um, we've just been so fortunate that the initial folks that reached out, they just had so much talent. Um, so all of a sudden, you know, middle of quarantine, you know, uh, my wife was like, did you like start a comic book company? Like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's not the worst thing I could have got into like, during lockdown. Um, and then, uh, yeah, most recently, one of our newest um, additions. So in addition to, we try to be like an incubator for new creators, but then we've also uh, started to become a home for um, more established creators that uh, were just looking for um like a, a smaller company to work with that, you know, we can negotiate terms on, on a more like human to human basis. Of, you know, what do you want out of your comic book? What kind of relationship do you want to have with your publisher? So that, that part of it's new. Um, but, um, you know, been fortunate, um, you know, with the digital Zoom series, um, you know, um, it's great to have new, new blood with the team and more established creators to help, you know, work with the newer folks and kind of, you know, kind of learn about this industry together, you know, try and find a good home as part of the indie comics community. So what do you look for in a comic, in a graphic novel, or even the artists themselves before you bring them on to work with them and possibly publish their comic or their work, I should say? Um, yeah, it is. So, uh, you know, obviously we like to look, you know, for talent, um, uh, but, you know, we're kind of in a golden age right now of indie comics, the, the amount of talent, you know, the writing and the art out there is just, it's tremendous, right? That you don't have to go far and find a bunch of stuff out there. Um, but we kind of operate a little bit like a hippie commune, you know, we're like half publishing company, half support group. Um, we talk about our feelings a lot in team meetings, um, you know, and, uh, so really looking for team players, you know, people who, um, one of the things we talk about a lot is like, uh, I don't, may sound weird, but I don't really care how much, you know, your book's doing individually, like, unless you're doing something to help the people to the right and left of you, you know, that's how we're going to go further as, as a, you know, as a, as a company and as a team, you know, mm -hmm. um, so really finding those folks who, who really understand that, that to make indie comics, you got to be for indie comics. You know? That's not just within our own publishing group, but other folks who are making them. You know that aren't publishing with us they got to be about the same yeah exactly so let's back up a little bit um to the subject at hand about uh what is digital lizard of doom about i guess as a whole and what should readers expect from this third issue dana definitely so uh 
this a this is a this is a graphic novel series. It's not like anything else that we have. So um, you know, first and you know, foremost, um, so got the first books uh right here. But um it's it's done as kind of like a like a video game adventure. Um, and it's all done in um like in-game chat, you know, type of thing. So um so the reader gets to experience it like, oh, you got to choose your own character, you know, type of thing to start your adventure. And then each book in the graphic series novel, you know, follows them as they're navigating this video game universe and they do it all in like a game speak, uh, game chat. Um, which was a weird format for me initially. Like, so when, you know, Gabe first brought the book to me, I'm like reading it and like, this is weird. This is not like sequential art as I know it, you know? And next thing I know, I'm like at page 17 and I was like, okay, I'm digging it. And then next thing I know, like it was one of those, you know, oh, I guess I didn't do anything I was supposed to do today because I spent all day reading, you know, this graphic novel. Um, and it's funny because um, uh, he's a kid at heart, you know, um, when we do conventions, he's got, you know, uh, he's got cartoons on in the hotel, like this when we walk in the hotel you know falls asleep to cartoons wakes up to cartoons um and it is our only i guess all ages appropriate you know uh title that we have like in our catalog you know so there's um and for good reason because like kids also pick it up like it's one my daughter always grabs you know i sent uh, a copy to my buddy dave he's a creator out in san jose california and he was like i sent him 14 books his kids went right that one so i don't know maybe because he's a kid that never grew up you know he just knows how to speak to children you know in that in that way but kind of like in that adventure time you know vein where it's like yeah. kids can watch it but like you know like adults also the adults we get it as well like we understand yeah. what you're talking about totally um, yeah because when the copies you sent me and i was looking at it and digitally i Honestly, I don't think it translates well because it's the one page at a time. Whereas if you have mm -hmm. a physical book, I highly recommend listeners who are interested in this project to get a physical book of it because how it is and those who are looking at the video can see how it's like text all on one side and then an image on the side and it reads better folded. I mean, like opened up instead of scrolling in a way. And that's how I was looking at it. And also how you mentioned when people pick it up, that's like, that's the one thing that they pick up. Everybody picks up, including kids. And I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, oh, if I went to a Comic-Con and I saw this, I would immediately pick it up. That's definitely something that I'd be interested in. And the whole uh, in chat is where all the discussion happens as far as like the dialogue and stuff. And then um, it's, it when I was looking at the images, it looks like storyboard images of what a game is going to look like when it goes to actually PC or console when it was supposed to be. That's what it looked like to me. So yeah, it it whatever you all did to make it work, to translate it, it definitely translates onto the page. But I definitely think it does better physically than it would digitally. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of uh, a little bit of a, a, a purist with comics in that regard. You know, I, I think digital comics are great. We actually tend to try and give as much digital stuff away for free. Mm -hmm. um, but everything we do at Lesser Known Comics is really try and gear. Because comics, it's, it's the only medium that, like, when you hold it in your hand, 
you know, left page, right page that has that kind of, because um, if you're holding a novel, right, um, you you can't get, it's not like you're going to get the um, same thing where anytime, like if it's a spooky comic, right, anytime you're going to open a spooky door, there's, you know, it's like, that's got to happen on, you know, the bottom of that right-hand page, right, and the monster's got to jump out on the top of that left-hand page so that you can... Mm-hmm experience that we try and do things where if someone's going to open a map you know like that we have that map like laid out on the page like in a full spread the same way that you can hold it in your hand because you know, uh, it's just it's the only medium that's special that way that, that lets you kind of have that that same type of experience so um and i think what you brought up about you know what it looks like digitally versus in physical form it's it's it should be a special experience when you're holding it yeah yeah I totally agree with that. Um, can you elaborate on your contribution on Digital Lizard of Doom as a whole? So just a thought from in Gabriel's head, Gabriel Valentin, the creator, everyone, from in his head to assisting him with flushing it out with him and his collaborators to now promoting it on Kickstarter, at least the, the third issue now. Yeah, um, you know, uh, so, you know, to give credit where credit's due, uh, he had, a tremendous system already set up, you know, in terms of um, uh, having two books done actually before we brought them on uh, to the team. Um, so now at this point, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of the logistic, uh, the uh, logistic stuff. And then um, that friendship really, you know, uh, expanded in a way where um, we talked through a lot of ideas on the phone and stuff like that. Um, and then also just, you know, the, the, know how, how how we work with artists and graphic designers and things like that and solving some of those problems um uh you know just uh, you know uh the more people you have working on it you know in, in in this day and age with everybody working virtually together you know a lot of those things um you know just uh it's takes a lot more care to put a team together that works together well and, and, you know, feels respected and feels like, you know, that they're all part of the thing, you know, um, when you're doing it across uh, a big expanse, you know, to the story, um, you know, most of the stuff right now uh, that I'm working with him is helping with um, uh, expanding it into multimedia. So he is uh, in discussion with the, for an animated series and for uh, mobile video games and stuff like that. Um, it is it is such like a versatile um uh, uh story and universe mm-hmm. and then um it's also got the music thing as well so um one of the things that i probably didn't mention on like the read ahead or anything i sent you um but the books come with a soundtrack um that you can listen to like either on spotify or itunes whatever yeah Um, i was wondering i was like this could because i read in the beginning that um i I forgot his name but the i think his name is mark tolry tolry was the one yeah yeah was the one that kind of like met gabriel and heard his music at Mm -hmm. first right he was playing something and i was like okay well it's kind of written in a way that you can listen you can not listen you can read it with music as well, so that's yeah. Why yeah, and it's been a weird, it's been a weird discovery, you know, as we, we started working on this, uh, because um, 
So not just, you know, the, the music. I was like, oh, there's, so there's music. Well, actually, there's an 8-bit versions of the song that sound like video games. And then there's actually an orchestral version of all these songs. And I'm like, how much music are you making, man? Like, you know, um, and uh, it, so it's been drinking out of fire hose for me. Um, but also, um, it's been really rewarding to help kind of take all these pieces that, that he's built for this universe and try and find, you know, the right way you know, to, to, to promote that and, and find a good, um, home for all the, all the hard work that he's put in. So it's, it's, it's been great. So how difficult was the world building on this project? If you, if you know, like, how mm -hmm. did everyone manage to create a world that fit what Gabriel wanted and integrated his influences into it, but still maintain that digital lizard of doom is his and his world and not someone else's? Yeah, you know, one of the things that's interesting about this ser this graphic novel series is that each one, it changes artists. Um, and it and he picks the artist to kind of help whatever the main focus of that main character is. Um, so um, so the, the next one, Dana Deathly, has a lot more of a, like a manga feel to it. Um, and so he's working with a manga artist. Um, and... Uh, you know, the nice part about that is like from a publisher is that you know he's interest he's introducing us to those folks and um we're able to work on their independent projects you know uh independently of, of digital lizards of doom but then also like you know, tie it in um in different ways whether it's variant cover art or something like that um you know like uh between the two um you know for, for different book releases um, but yeah, working on that actual universe, um, to the extent that, you know, I can be a part of it, um, it is a very complicated universe. And, um, I think, uh, it's probably good that he's using a new artist each time because it can be a little bit of an exhausting project because there's so many Easter eggs hidden throughout each book that that editing process, you know, um, takes a little bit of depth and, and understanding of, the Easter eggs that were laid in, in prior books and that will be laid out in, in future books. It's book four and five, I think, are already in production pretty heavily. We have concept art for books six and seven already, um, but it is a lengthy process. So making sure that um, you know, that planning takes definitely a lot of time and effort. Yeah, I saw the, all those characters and then you said, well, six, well, six and seven, the concept art, I'm just like, it's a, it's a, that's a lot. It's a lot going on there. For him, because for me as a writer, it's I have maybe like four or five characters, and it's so hard just to maintain them. But he has this whole world. Like my stuff is set in the real world already, so I didn't really have to make much up, and I didn't really have mm -hmm. to create much lore to stuff that's already set up. But he's creating something pretty much almost from scratch, and like these this whole lore behind of what happened and who the main protagonists and antagonists are and you know they're not even actual people they're they're type of creatures and all this that and the third it's just how does he how does he do it all how do you all do it all it's just so much yeah i think uh any, i think anytime uh I actually personally think that sometimes it's more difficult to place things in the real world, right? Uh -huh. It needs to happen, it needs to be accurate and stuff. Um, it, you know, both historically and then, you know, like socially and things like that. Oh, that kind of character would, 
something like that. But when you when you're developing um, a cyborg cat pirate like he's got in this book, you know, um, that's you know, no one's going to be like, hey, cyborg cat pirates don't you know act that way, you know. So um, I think it's a it's a little bit more forgiving, you know, um, once you've established that universe. So um, so so it can be. Um, but I've talked to that with a lot of sci-fi folks. It's almost um, establishing those initial rules are more difficult than like uh -huh. preserving them once once you got them. Um, so I also you know write a few of the titles for lesser known comics, and I can attest to that. Almost the witchcraft and the magical stuff that's happening in the titles I'm reading or writing are that's almost the easiest part. Yeah. <laughs> So how has it been for you to take a back seat as the artist and now as the publisher? Pretty much the one, I wouldn't say the one in charge, but you pretty much oversee almost everything. So how 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 has that transition been for you? I think first and foremost, as a writer, like you know, when I um I'm so lucky to be surrounded by so Gabe Valentine's an amazing writer, Charlie Ragnarok, she does one of our books for us. Um, she's an amazing writer. Uh um, Kayla Payne, she's an amazing writer. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely humbling and then also like inspirational. Um, and then watching some people that I, I, uh, that I, uh, that I admire so much, you know, come to me and ask questions and things like that and see them struggling with the same kind of decisions, you know, Hey, I want to do this, you know, like the book's already too long. What do you feel? You know, is this too much? Is this too over the top? Um, and so it definitely has helped, um, you know, with, you know, from, I guess, bonding perspective and just like such a, you know, I, earlier, you know, that we're like also like a support group, you know, because mm -hmm. um, we also have the same real life struggles as well, where, um, you know, people have highs and lows in their life. And sometimes you just, don't feel like writing or sometimes you go to write and it's not not coming out you know uh and you know, so any any chance I get to work with another writer and experience you know and share that experience is always uh enriching you know I hope I hope both ways for them as well as for me because I'm I'm having a fantastic time uh-huh so what advice would you offer to other publishers or someone who wants to get into the publishing game? You wish someone would have told you when you first started. Uh, <laughs> uh, a, a good editor is worth their weight in gold. You know, just, uh, you know, you got to surround yourself with somebody who's who's got that almost annoying attention to detail. I mean, that, mm. that'll, that'll um, and we all have that person in life. It shouldn't take long to find that person they don't have to be a trained editor they just need to be that that person who's just got uh and then um when you have something good and you have something special it takes off faster than you might you know expect you know so it's okay to go slow and it's okay to take your time you know it's you know that saying of that's not no matter how fast you go is it just keep going um and you know just uh uh, we also say, yeah, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. You can do the right. things, um, do the things, take your time, try and do it right. You know, as, especially for publishing, fixing mistakes is a lot harder, you know, than uh, building in the time to, mm -hmm. and then going slower, right, than, than delays and stuff like that. Um, 
and then just get as much into the community as you can. This indie comic scene, you know, I mean, just like any place, there's always a couple bad apples and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's so welcoming. It's so, um, you know, uh, supportive. Uh, sometimes it can feel like, you know, because everyone's got a time crunch and a time deficit, they're working against you. So sometimes if you get a short answer, don't take that personally. It's probably because someone crunches some pages out, you know, and also deal with social media and then also deal with setting up their Kickstarter and also setting up for their next convention. Mm-hmm. We're a big team at this point. We got 14 creators and, you know, seven other folks that are doing various support roles for us. Um, we're like, it's it's a heavy lift for us, you know, even with having that big of a support group. Um, so I, I can certainly empathize with the folks that are trying to do it as a one, two, or three person. You know, so definitely, you know, be part of that scene, reach out and, and commiserate and, and also share your successes, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. everyone's, everyone's sitting here, you know, uh, ready to cheer you on. Um, and if you don't have people cheering you on, Hit us up. We'll cheer you on. <laughs> All right. Well, my last question for you, Mark, is what is your idea of success? I ask that because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures or we'll consider ourselves failures. Many of us will put our dreams and projects on a back burner or give them up altogether because this career path can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote-unquote success? Yeah, you know, um, I think that's kind of hard to answer for the entire team. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, I think for us, it's for me, what I try and put forward the most is, you know, like preservation of the craft, making comic books and, and you know, doing something that we can be proud of and in a way that we're proud of. You know, I do have a lot of confidence that, you know, two years, three years, five years from now that, um, you know, will make uh you know more money and, and make this more of a a full-time job and and, and whatnot um because right now we're we're kind of in various in various degrees you know doing this as part-time um and um so I, I do have every um confidence that we'll be successful but we talk a lot about it like how do we want to be when we get there what what do we want the relationships with each other to, to feel like you know, because you can certainly get ahead, you can certainly make, you know, some money, you know, if you're not worried about who you, you know, who you step on to get there, you know, or who uh, you want to share change to get there. But you know, I think um, it's, a, you know, it's a matter of being able to look yourself in the mirror and look at your friends in the eyes, you know, and feel like you've got there um, in a way that's, you know, consistent with, you know, your character and that relationship you want to have with them. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's, uh, definitely more of a measure of success than any you know revenue that's for sure I mean yeah you can step on some toes or step over people on your way to the top but you gotta you're, you're gonna meet those same people when you come back down so you gotta be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well um is there anything else that you want to touch on about Digital Lizard of Doom um the series as a whole or maybe just uh Dana Deathly that I may have missed or possibly more about the uh kickstarter for potential backers yeah so um yeah so once uh, uh once again this is our this is going to be the third book for digital Lists of doom uh so it's a great time to get in because then you won't be like um 
having to wait, you know, for, for successive books. So um, part of the Kickstarter, uh, um, you know, it's, it's the individual book, but, you know, you get the, you know, catch up on the entire series. And then uh, uh, Gabe, because he's such a rad guy, he also put together a, a pool list of some of the books from lesser known comics that are, you know, his favorites. So that's also an additional tier so that you can get kind of um, a, a big collection from the publisher. Uh, as a whole, we try and do that because, you know, you, anytime you go and try and back up a bunch of different Kickstarters, you know, it's it, sometimes it can get daunting. You got to fill all the surveys and stuff. So uh -huh. we also try and uh, act as a curator to be like, hey, you come here, you get this, you can get a whole bunch of cool stuff. Um, you know, I, we've reposted a bunch of unboxing and stuff like that from our, um, from people who've gotten, who've backed previous Kickstarters. So you can kind of see what that all looks like when it's all spread out. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I think I'm, we're really excited about this and I'm really, really grateful that you, you know, you had us, you know, uh, had me here to, to, to talk about it. No, uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, no problem. Thank you for joining <laughs> me. I appreciate it. But, uh, again, I want to thank the publisher of Lesser Known Comics, Mark Bernal, for joining me today, uh, here to promote the third issue of the graphic novel series, Digital Lizard of Doom, Dana Deathly, launching soon on Kickstarter. I highly recommend the listeners to give the Digital Lizard of Doom, Dana Deathly, Kickstarter a look, share, and back if they can. Again, like I said, the physical copies of this book is definitely going to be better. So you definitely want to grab a physical copy, book one and two, and whatever physical copies you can get. Because the digital, is, in my opinion, doesn't translate well, but having it in your hand is definitely going to put you in this weird, freaky, you know, uh, uh, psychedelic world that uh, Gabe has has created. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All of lesser known comics, socials, and website will be listed in this episode's details alongside the Kickstarter pre-launch link for those who are interested. Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nerdwork Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.